Hello again and welcome to another episode of College Football Down Under. My name is Aaron Kemp, as always, joined by Will Murden. How are you going tonight, William? I'm all right, buddy. I'm all right. How are you settling into things? Are you keeping awake? Are you going to be able to stay awake on the mic for me this evening? I feel great. English Jess is doing so much of the heavy lifting. Uh, like I was saying to you off air, uh, newfound respect for the better sex, that is for sure. Um, their ability to r- just run on no sleep comfortably. Like we always like, oh, you know, go out on a Saturday night and oh, carry on. And, and we do, but like then we sleep it off for the next week potentially certainly a couple of days it takes to get through that um english jess is just plowing on on a couple of hours a night and then you know just looks bright the next i don't really know how you back it up like uh, again done footy trips before but this is like at no point do you get to go home and just not drink yeah, um, and, and it's a grind too. Like you, you are still early days, so I, yeah, I like sure. that you see it and and appreciate it. But it's it's kind of a continual journey until you can hopefully settle into a nice groove and uh, the little fella looks after you there. When does the groove start? Like wh- when are we talking here? Like- so so my three and a half year old has still not found that groove. So <laughs> I I'm not quite sure. Uh, little man's doing all right. He, he's all right, but yeah, she's still up every night. Okay, awesome. I am so not happy about that. Anyway, let's get into our week three preview. Before we do start, of course, I do need to mention Vault Studio Podcast. Make sure you join us over there. Um, A lot of good content by the boys. Stuff just about every day at the moment during football season, which is fantastic. Um, In terms of us and College Football Down Under on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at CFB Down Under. Lastly, Burnley Brewing. I hope you're saving some, Will. I'm nervous. I'm nervous that I'm going to like be able to sniff a stale, oxidized remnants dregs sitting in the bottom of a glass bottle uh, when I eventually find my way to your house to collect some. So I'm no, really nervous about that. Uh, you should be nervous, but I do want to bring them down <laughs> to you. I I'm, I'm not. don't think I'm going to find time anytime soon, like oh, this weekend. Convenient, convenient. But, but I, I, I am keen to get them down to you and uh, meet the new edition as well. So... Uh, this weekend's a write-off for me, again. Not super proud about it. <laughs> How are we looking at, like, in-game betting? So, do you have the numbers here? Because we talked about uh, some some spread, like, over-under some random takes from the year way, way back. Way, way back in the winter time where we talked about some over-unders that we have created. One of mine was for you. How many Sundays would you be hung over for? I think I said it four and a half. And you took the under, I think. It may have been a few more than that. It might have been more like five and a half. But even, you took, even you took the under. You, now, you, we're about to go three weeks in and you're going to be two for three. Yeah, it's not good. And and this is going to be three for four too. So, uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> so, that number's blowing out here a fraction. It is. It is. It doesn't seem like it's enough. It's like that uh, opening Miami... Uh, Alabama game. All right, let's move on here. Let's not hang around and and talk about the past. Let's get going into the future. Week three is actually my favorite week on the college football calendar. And the reason for that is by the end of week three, everybody's played somebody. Just about. (laughs) So everybody's played somebody of note on some level. Uh, Again, that's not everyone, but we've got a better feel for where these teams are at, what they're good at, what they're not good at. 
Um, the things that we thought coming into the season and whether those perceptions have changed, like, oh, is Bryce Young going to struggle as a freshman? Three weeks in, the answer to that is probably going to be no, but he gets a test this week. Um, is Ole Miss going to have a defense? Three weeks in, maybe, probably not. Uh, but we can see whether that perception is real or not. Can the Pac-12 hang in there out of conference? Kind of, but sort of not as well. So um, it gives us a look at all these different teams and their strengths and weaknesses, and we've got some tape on these guys. We can actually start digging into this is where they sit this year. This is what the numbers are starting to show because the sample size is a little bigger. Yeah, you've certainly got a bit more there. I'm not sure about it being a favourite, but there, there are certainly, we're starting to formulate an opinion, but there is certainly a lot of variability. At this point, we, we can start to separate the pretenders from the real deal. So like an Auburn-Penn State matchup is a classic for that this week, right? But Penn State had a really good win over Wisconsin. They played it a bit messy uh, and it was very defensively fueled. but... What can we? What can they do against an Auburn team that's been looking pretty good so far and found themselves in the rankings? There's a few of those sort of matchups that absolutely are going to help shape this season ahead. Well, we'll be able to answer that question and many more as the show progresses. But before we do any of those previews, let's quickly hit some news. Two weeks in and coaching changes are afoot already. Clay Helton has finally been given the axe from USC. Long time coming, Will. What does this mean for the Trojans? And what are some candidates of names and, and coaches that have been thrown around? Yeah, you were just ahead of your time in predicting this a couple of years ago. It, it has been seven years uh, coming. So he has been in the job that long. I was surprised. You were surprised. And now uh, we, we saw the writing on the wall. They, they are should be a nationally prominent team, and they are not. In terms of teams, uh, coaches, sorry, that are being talked about, Matt Campbell is one at Iowa State with the job that he's done there. James Franklin at Penn State is uh, one that's being brandied about. Urban Meyer is one that I'm hearing from the NFL. That's one game in Jacksonville. They're saying that he may be his way of going about it is not necessarily rubbing the players the right way and he, he's, there's a lot of friction in that environment at the moment and that after one season he may be willing to jump so fascinating one to, tr to track there's no one that jumps out to me right now as, as to who it should be there's no front-running candidate in my mind so I'm really keen to see who emerges. Yeah, me too. And I think Clay Helton, everything you read about the guy, he was a nice guy, fantastic guy. Um, the players liked him, but he probably just wasn't harsh enough. And, and this and this pays credence, I suppose, to that idea that the Nick Saban machine getting in people's faces and, and letting them know some hard truths is still a useful way of going about um, your coaching um, way, I suppose. And, and those aggressive, hard-nosed guys are still getting it done and, and Clay Helton was not that. Like I said, nice enough guy, but never really had that killer instinct, was never really um, galvanizing that team and, and you know, you've got some issues there at USC and again, I've always found that those similarities between Miami and USC, smaller private schools with very storied traditions, uh, but a coaching staff that has been mediocre since you know, the 2000s or early 2000s. Yeah, let's get Deion Sanders there and really light this thing up. Don't do that. 
Don't do that. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how this one plays out. And this will be the big coaching job for season 2021-22, I guess, as in coming into season 2022. Uh, more coaching news. Ryan Day promises, and I use inverted commas, which is not good as a podcast audio medium, but changes on the defensive side of the ball. Kerry Coombs is embroiled a little bit uh, in an, a couple of issues with how he's running his defense, the passive nature of it, the fact that it's not creative enough, it's too vanilla, uh, and his defense has allowed over 200 rushing yards to Minnesota and then Oregon last week. So, you know, this is an Ohio State team that should be producing far better results defensively. And on top of that, just to add insult to injury, Josh Proctor, one of the best safeties, biggest and nastiest safeties in the country, is out for the rest of the season. Um, and I really, really liked him. But we'll see how this plays out from an Ohio State perspective. Yeah, I don't have a lot to add on that one. Casey Thompson gets the start for the Longhorns this week as Hudson Card gets hooked. Only named the starter three weeks ago. And, you know, again, like we said for Florida State, weeks a long time in football. Um, Sarkeesian's come out this week and said that Card looked a little edgy early, a little jumpy, not going through his reads. It was all a bit fast for him. And Casey Thompson is going to revert back to the starter. I actually don't have a, a problem with this. Like, I really liked the Miami Dolphins aspect, uh, I guess, their way of running things last year with Tua. Yeah, they wanted to play the freshman quarterback, but when he's not feeling it, they brought in Ryan Fitzpatrick and had him finish games or play halves. Or And there's this idea that once you've got a starting quarterback, they're the starting quarterback and you can't bench them. Any other position on the field, they get hooked. If you drop a pass at wide receiver, you sit for a play. If you're an offensive lineman that's struggling, you get dragged. If you're a defensive guy that's not showing hustle, you get pulled. Hudson Card wasn't producing, and that's okay. For a freshman quarterback, it is okay to not be good yet, and it's okay for that game to be a little bit fast-paced for him. Get another guy in there, let him sit, and then reintroduce him in a couple of weeks' time when you think he's a little bit more comfortable. Yeah, I don't know about that whole reintroducing, though, because now it's a... It's an opportunity thing, right? And Casey Thompson, in his own right, is a big recruit, well-heralded player who could take this job and absolutely run with it. So I'm with you that it should be open. And if you're not seeing the results, you have a disappointing result, you should be able to kind of turn it loose when you've got options. And and now it becomes an opportunity for another player to do that. It's not to say that we can't flip back here. Obviously, constantly flipping between the two means that your season's probably not going the way you want it to. But I'm with you. The, The guys need to be given an opportunity to show who can take this one by the horns. (laughs) <laughs> look at you you're that. so happy you're so happy with that Haynes King um, <laughs> Haynes King is uh, a little bit of medical news I suppose on him the Texas A&M quarterback has been ruled out indefinitely which you know in the in the football world could mean three years it could mean three games uh, we're not exactly sure yet but a lower leg injury for the Texas A&M quarterback is that one of those high ankle sprains? They seem to kind of pop up a fair bit in football and, and they can take a long time to get over. All right, let us get to game previews. Before we do that, I know we've kind of done a little bit big picture stuff about week three. 
Um, we've got three ranked matchups, which provide a lot of interest, which I think is really, really good. Um, but a little bit weak in other aspects. But there's also a, f- a few games that are really going to show whether these teams are legitimate or not this year, particularly some ranked matchups. Do you have any thoughts um, going into this week about games you'd particularly like to watch or that pique your interest outside of the three ranked ones? I think there's plenty of intrigue outside of that that we've got there. Your mob and my mob are both playing an interesting matchup. So Miami have got uh, their run-in with Michigan State, which I think is fascinating. Uh, and who's who's opened as favourite in that? Miami opened as eight-point favourites to start the week, and that's come into about six and a half, I think, at the moment. I think, or it might be out to seven. So it might be about seven. So about a touchdown favourite. Yeah, I think Oklahoma State have opened three and a half point uh, underdogs to Boise State, which is obviously disrespectful, but probably fair. fair. Absolutely. (laughs) That means, like, they they used to say the old, like, three point margin is. On a neutral, like three points, the home field advantage. So on a neutral site, they're a coin flip, is what they're saying. Which is, is what we've seen, but it's another opportunity for um, for that one. And I think that'll be a fantastic matchup. So I, I genuinely think that'll be interesting there. Clemson, Georgia Tech, is 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 there anything there? Now, now uh, that now that I Clemson's so. been got, it, it feels like that there's that whole slip-up game doesn't exist or it can't exist, but I want to yeah. challenge that. I, th- I think that there is another loss on their card potentially somewhere. So I'll be keeping an eye on that one. Um, Not Georgia Tech. But anyway, yeah, what, we can get we're, there. We're opening it up also with uh, Nebraska and Oklahoma as well. Yeah. So Yeah, I think there. there's... A, yeah. So a lot of intrigue, a lot of intrigue in some games. Now, some of these could just go chalk and that's what you might expect, but there will be um, some seasons literally ended on Saturday, I believe, in terms of the goals that these football teams um, had set for themselves and and teams will finish this week going one and two that were ranked, probably. And it is fascinating when you kind of sit down, look through the schedule of what you've got here. I know you would do the same. You look at it and you go... There's no way that this team can win or this will be an upset. Like you, you make in your mind some absolute certainties about how it goes. I've done it week one. I did it week two and now I'm doing it week three. And then if you look back at week one and week two, you just kind of like, man, I, I fucking got that wrong. And yeah. but, then, but then there's other aspects where you're like, oh yeah, I could see how that happened after the, like there's a lot of perspective shifting all over the shape and it, it's great. It's what's fantastic about this sport. All right, let's start with number one, Alabama, heading to the Swamp to take on number 11, Florida. I believe that the Gators are overranked at the moment. I've said that all year. Um, It's only been uh, a couple of games for the Gators, but they're awfully one-dimensional on offense. If we start on that side of the ball, I'm really nervous about Florida's ability to move the ball consistently um, in multiple ways. Uh, 68th in the country in passing. Again, only two games in that sample size, so nothing kind of too serious. But four touchdowns, four picks. Not great through the air. All their explosive plays have come on the ground and mostly with their backup quarterback in Anthony Richardson. He leads the team in rushing. So you actually don't have... Uh, one settled quarterback that can get it done through the air and on the ground. Emery Jones is going to stay the starter in this one, but they're going to have to lean on their backup quarterback to get any kind of offense. And it's going to have to come through the running game. And if I know one thing, 
And that is you cannot be predictable and one-dimensional against a defensive front seven that may be one of the best in the nation. It's not going to work for you. I don't care how good you think your offensive line is. It is not going to happen. Bryce Young is amazing. I'm putting it out there that if he was going to the NFL at the end of this year, he'd be a top five pick based on his three games already. Some of the stuff he's doing, he's making elite throws. His pocket poise and awareness is amazing. So I think on the offensive side, um, Alabama looking really good as well. I'm really concerned about this Florida offense, and I think they get shown out on the weekend. I think Alabama cruises. Yeah, look, I don't have a lot more to add to the Alabama side. You said that they may be one of the best defense. I mean, they 100% are one of the best defenses. That front seven, as you mentioned, is just nasty, and they are going to be a problem for everyone that they come up against this year. The Florida. Yeah, I think, like, just, just jumping in, I think there's plays to be had against the defensive backfield. I think there were some chances with Miami on some double plays and things like that. They just didn't have the time to set up and throw the ball. Um, the Miami receivers actually got open. I know everyone's going to get open at times, but you've got to be able to use those double moves. Double moves take time. You're going to get those. They're so used to those safeties being able to jump the first look because that front four and front seven get home so quickly. They can just jump the first cut and then they're going to get interceptions. They're going to get pass breakups. But if your offensive line can hold up just enough, those double moves are on and there's scoring opportunities. I just don't think you're going to get them against this front. Well, exactly right. And they wouldn't think that too. They'd coach that into them. They would coach yeah. them to be as aggressive as fuck because they know they've got no more than three seconds in the backfield <laughs> exactly. before someone's going to be home. So yeah. like, they are going to be absolute trouble for everyone. This Florida side, you mentioned Anthony Richardson. Every, there's a lot of noise to say that he has been outperforming Emory Jones from what we've seen so far. Perhaps he should be the guy. He should be dynamic. Had an 80-yard touchdown run on the weekend. Last play of that game. But he did appear to twing his hammy on the back end of that. So I'm not even sure he's going to be up for this one. Uh, I think Emory Jones came into this season with a whole bunch of hype about him as well. And we haven't seen it so far. What better stage is it to produce something than here do i believe it's going to happen no i do not i, I think that they're in a bit of trouble here and they'll keep it competitive because it's florida and they've got dudes but this alabama team is a much more well-rounded squad at the moment than florida so i'm backing them in to win this one by one two touchdowns all right let's head to another team in the state of Alabama. Number 22, Auburn at number 10, Penn State. I'm actually looking for, I, I normally don't look forward to Penn State games that much. Every time I watch them, they're li- since Trace McSorley's left, they've been mediocre, I think. But this one I'm really, really looking forward to. Penn State have got an opportunity here with Ohio State taking a loss and, um, you know, certainly the Big Ten West looking a little bit uneven at the moment. Uh, gives Penn State a real opportunity here. They can jump and really put some pressure on that top four or five um, throughout this season. But this is the wideout game, and mate, at some stage we've got to get to one of those. I think that would be a wicked atmosphere. Um, so we've got to get to a wideout at Penn State. Um, what are your thoughts on this one? I'll let you start on the Nittany Lions and Auburn. So we've got Sean Clifford coming up against Bo Nix, which really doesn't do a lot for me. Like, I'm excited for this game, but then when I look at those two, I'm, I, it kind of it goes soft on me. Wait, what? Um, 
This year, Bonex should be leading the Heisman race from what we've seen <laughs> on the field so far. Right, oh, right now, in the, the stats that he's he's put up have been phenomenal. Phenomenal against against nobodies. He's played an FCS yeah, school I've, and Akron, who are the worst. I mean, I know you, everyone's got their take. Like UConn are the worst um, FBS school. Akron are giving them a red hot crack at that as well. That. Shocking. Yeah, I, I mean, dead set. A- Akron and Alabama State aren't aren't kind of anything to write home about. They're not at the top of your resume, but he has been good. So it's absolutely a different beast with this Notre Dame team. As I've meant, uh, Penn State team, they are very, very good defensively. That that mm-hmm. square off they had with Wisconsin was an absolute slugfest, and uh, I believe that this Penn State team can be something from that defensive unit. It's just that Sean Clifford and offensively, they, they've looked weak. They haven't shown a lot. So this is the the definition of a game where we're going to find out where these two teams are at. Auburn have played absolutely no one so far, uh, and we got no idea who uh, what they've got under the hood. Penn State, very one-dimensional in that they have a really good defense, but maybe they can show a bit more. Maybe they can grow. Yeah, I... I agree with most of what you said, but I think we do have a read on Auburn. And I'm going to go in here again on Bo Nix. I think Tank Bigsby is wicked. Like, oh, that dude runs hard and aggressive and nasty. And Sean um, Shivers, the like more scat-backy kind of receiving back in that backfield, creates a really nice tandem for them. And they're going to have to play really, really well running the ball, catching the ball out of the backfield to keep this offense on track. Now, this is a defense that they get pressures, they create sacks, they force turnovers. They've already got four on the season, conceding just 11.5 points. They're really, really good in the red zone as well. All these measures here are kind of ticking a lot of boxes for me in the Penn State space. On top of that, if they can take the running game away, because they'll be dialed in to take that running game away, you put the game, the ball, and Auburn's chances in the hands of Bo Nix. And what does he do when the game is on the line? That's not a rhetorical question. Uh, I mean, not a rhetorical uh, question. Yeah, what does okay. he do? What does he do? He throws the ball. Okay, maybe it is a rhetorical question. He, he <laughs> throws it to the other team. That is what he does. He, like... He, he's just not it in this one. Um, here's his opportunity. If you want to lose your freaking um, mantra of Joe Nix, mate, you need to play well in this one. You need to win in this one, and you've got to go and have the game of your life. I don't think he can do it. I don't rate him. The only way that Auburn win this game is if Tank Bigsby and that running game go off. Can we, can we have a deal here then? Can, can, I, can I ask that if he plays well, so quarterback ranking over 170, okay. uh, if, yep. if he play over 170 and Auburn win, that sound clip gets thrown in the trash and no more ragging of Bo Nix on this show again. Uh, we'll put a bit more respect back in his name. Well, maybe, depends. He could have a, like, he could, he could go... He could go five of seven for 120 yards and a touchdown and throw two interceptions and tank. But he won't get 170 plus. He won't get 170 plus quarterback ranking. Okay, he throws. Okay, throws one touchdown. 170 plus is tough to do. 
It is tough to do, but I, okay, yep, sure. Let, I'll, I'll do good. it. I don't have any confidence that he is going to be um, any good, but just in case, let's hear it one more time because I would hate to retire that sound. I, I don't want to do that. I don't think that's... It's not fair. It's not fair. So, um, no, I, I don't see it for Auburn this week. I think Penn State are going to be a tough out. Uh, I think the defense is going to be too much for them. And they don't need much on the offensive side of the ball. I can, I could see, I don't think this is happen, going to happen, but I could see 17 points being enough for Penn State. Your criticism of the 20-year-old is not fair. Uh, correct. But you know why? <laughs> I, I feel like I'm a bit of like a reformed smoker a little bit in that I was so big on Bo Nix coming out of high school and going to Auburn. I was like, here's Auburn's chance. They finally got themselves a quarterback. He can run, he can throw, he's... Done. I mean, he actually sort of reminds me a little bit of Zach Wilson from last year, just in the way he's put together. Um, and I was like, oh, this guy could be really, really good. He wasn't that. And as a result, I've gone in on him harder than I perhaps other quarterbacks that I just didn't think as highly of. So, um, yeah, for me, it's not Bo Nix. But I'm definitely going to be watching this one. I don't exactly know what time this one is on. I believe it's like... 1.30? No, it's the middle no, it's slate, a later one. It? Yeah, it's 7.30 Eastern time in the States, so a reasonable hour for us. Mate, that doesn't help me on any level whatsoever. Uh, but let us move on to the other ranked matchup in this one. It is 9am here in South Australia, by the way, the Auburn-Penn State game. The last one of the ranked matchups is a bit of a surprising one, I suppose. Number 19, Arizona State, and number 23, BYU. Arizona State go in favorites to this one. They go on the road to Provo at altitude, um, but a lot of support financially coming in for BYU in this one uh, after they eked out a win against Arizona and then handled Utah for the most part last week. To me, Arizona State have got the better offense. I think they get it done. Jaden Daniels is really, really good without being spectacular, um, but the competition for Arizona State hasn't been there yet either. So he's got an opportunity now to show out in a ranked matchup on the road, which is we're waiting for Jaden Daniels to take that next step and be able to hang in the pocket longer, to be able to deliver throws into traffic consistently, um, to be able to go and lead drives and, and really put a solid four-quarter effort together for his offense. And that's something that we just haven't seen enough of him. It feels like he's always the young guy who's inexperienced and, and has mental errors and lapses and things like that. And he can't have those anymore. Like he's now been in the system three years. It's time. It's go time for him. On the flip side, defensively for BYU, they need to get pressure on the quarterback, something they couldn't do against Utah. Now, I know Utah continually has good offensive line play and they're well coached, but they didn't have the playmakers on the outside to be able to capitalize on that. They only got one quarterback pressure last week. No sacks. That is not going to get it done against Arizona State this week. They've got better playmakers. They've got a better quarterback. Um, and I see Arizona uh, handling the Cougs in this one. Yeah, look, I am not big on BYU. I've been talking that a lot. And, and they've been impressive in their win over Utah. I don't know what happened in that one on the Utah side of it. But credit where credit's due for the Cougs and this future Big 12 program. Oh. But Arizona State, for me, need to get that respect back for the Pac-12. We've seen Arizona and Utah lose. Like, Arizona State can't drop this because then... What, we see USC go down to BYU, we see Washington State go down to BYU. 
then do BYU get to play Oregon in the Pac-12 championship? They should if that all happens, but I don't think it does. I think this Arizona State team's run game is really what's differentiating them at the moment. Yes, they've only played Southern Utah and UNLV. Not great. But they are absolutely racking up yards on the ground. Jaden Daniels is a true dual threat guy. You talk about a need for him to step forward. He has done that. He's, he's completing passes at a rate of 75% so far on the year that's a big markup from his 60 percent that he's had in his career so far yes again perhaps the defense hasn't been as strong uh, and the competition that he's coming up against but i think he's on a good trajectory to really deliver something here and i'm backing them in to to comfortably cruise away with this one yeah i i agree i i think that um he has been really good it's just a matter can they close can they get into the end zone when it matters and i think um you know the the difference between a touchdown and field goals could be the difference in this game so when you get into the red zone uh when you get inside the 30 you need to see Jaden daniels finish off and he's only had two combined touchdowns on the year again not against quality competition but he needs to get his team into the end zone uh for byu jaron hall's been impressive as well just wanted to quickly make mention of him uh we thought that the vacuum left by Zach Wilson, when he moved to the NFL last year, would be a hard one to fill. And he has done a, a pretty amicable job so far. So we'll keep track of him. In other games, let us move on past these big ranked matchups. On Saturday, UCF at Louisville. Uh, I think this one's sneaky interesting. Road favorites, UCF are... I don't really know what Louisville do well. Their defense isn't great. They're middling on offense in most key statistics, um, whether that's passing offense, rushing offense, third down conversions. They're not doing anything particularly well. And, and I just don't know what Louisville are good at anymore. We used to know. They used to be you know, really good on, on uh, some of their creative run plays and then play action off of that. Um, explosive plays in the run game. They're not getting that this year. They're just average across the board so i feel pretty confident about usc uh sorry ucf and um this reputation of louisville being a bit frisky in a game like this appears to be in the rear view mirror fraction yeah i agree i think ucf are the better football program at the moment the one thing that i would say malik cunningham whilst he's there he has that x factor so there is an opportunity that he could just kind of get off the leash and have a massive day wouldn't shock me could this be one of those situations? Absolutely. So th that's enough to keep uh, this one on uh, on the watch list. When you're yeah, I, about he's been disappointing this year so far, though. I hope he, he does he has. come good, but he, he has, has been like, disappointing so far. His, his whole career has been somewhat disappointing because you've seen what he oh, can gee, produce. You reckon? You reckon I'm nasty? That's, that's well, I, no, but like from what we've seen, his his best and what he c can produce is Lamar Jackson like and the rest of it is what we see too frequently. So so maybe inconsistent is a nicer word you could use. Like he's inconsistent, not like his career has been a disappointment. I, I stand by my statement. <laughs> okay, let's head across to some Sunday games in the early slot, which I think has the most interest. So if you're looking at an early start, which I think I will be, uh, you've got, no, not interested in that. You'll still be I'll out still on the gas, up, mate. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Nebraska at Oklahoma. Let's start there. I'm calling a blowout. Uh, this is an old Big 12 rivalry when Nebraska used to be there. I think Scott Frost's seat starts to... Well, it goes from tepid to warming after this weekend. I think Nebraska are going to be disappointing. And I think Oklahoma handled business. 
I genuinely think Nebraska can keep it within 24 points. So there you go. Well done. Your boys, Cincinnati, your Bearcats, head to Indiana. This is another one of those ones, like I'm not touching any of these games so far from a gambling perspective of the the three we've sort of just spoken about, UCF, Louisville, Nebraska, Oklahoma, Cincinnati, Indiana. What should be two solid defenses? I'm confident that Cincinnati's got a good defense. Indiana had a good defense last year. Tom Allen's a good coach and a good defensive coach. They just haven't delivered so far this year. Uh, defensively as much as you would like. Obviously, getting blown out by Iowa um, was not a great start to their season. And now they get Cincinnati come to their house, and that's not a great matchup for them, particularly because their offense has been really, really questionable as well. They just can't seem to find their mojo. Question marks everywhere. Penix has been really disappointing. I thought so much of him last year. Yes, getting injured, and we've seen... I'm going to talk about Derek King here and the fact that it takes longer to recover from injuries sometimes than what people think. Not only physically, but just that confidence in your movement, the clarity and consistency. And you would know this, Will. You're an old man who's injured a lot now. Like You know that your best seasons as a football player are when you have got consistency in training and consistency getting out on the park. Uh, would I? I don't, I don't know. Like the the issue with these guys Mate, is you that do carbs all the time. I'm just, I'm just yeah, exactly, cold. exactly right. But that's not nothing to do with consistency. That's just breaking apart with old age and like a, that's 100% happening but ACLs take 12 months to fucking heal yeah. and the issue is that none of these guys are out for 12 months they're all coming back like eight months nine months out and then wondering why oh I should be stronger I should be better god give it time give it time to allow it to to go through that full rehab and that full healing so i'm with you like we shouldn't be expecting to see them bounce back and we shouldn't be shocked to see that michael Penix, Derek king haven't started on fire as we expect them when they're in full flight yeah i think turnovers and accuracy have been an issue with Penix. he was really efficient last year and that sort of hasn't been there the o-line can't get a consistent push in the run game and the receiving calls led by ty fro fry Fro-Feigl, Fire-Frogel, however you say his bloody frog-toad-Fogel. But, you know, you don't necessarily always want your tight end to be leading your receiving numbers. They can be by design, but you would prefer to have some guys on the outside busting the game open for you a fraction. And that's just not happening at Indiana at the moment. Um, You still have to go on the road to Bloomington. That's not that easy road trip. So it'd be interesting to see what what happens here with Cincinnati because they could get stung. Wouldn't surprise me if Cincinnati get got, uh, but I probably don't see it happening. Yeah, look, they're not getting surprised in this one. They're very much primed for it. This is one of two Mm. key clashes for them and and Cincinnati be all across that. But you're right, it is about that home ground advantage for Indiana. Can they make it an intimidating place to play? Can they make that a factor in this game? Because we've seen it in a number of uh, matches through week one and week two where there's a really hostile environment to come into. Teams are struggling. And that's what Indiana are going to need if they're going to want this. Cincinnati are going to be trying to take that crowd away. They're going to want to score early and, and get that out of the equation. But if, for, if Indiana can get off to a hot start, get the crowd into it, then this could open up and be anyone's game. Number 15, Virginia Tech head to Morgantown to take on West Virginia. Still not a lot of confidence in the Hokies as they go on the road and are underdog despite being ranked 15 in the nation. Uh, I've always had issues with that myself, but uh, that's just leaning into AP polls again. Virginia Tech, to me, going to have to rely on defense in the same way they did against North Carolina. 
Uh, I think the Mountaineers have got better explosive play potential with Jarrett Doge at the um, at the helm at the quarterback position. And I think that's the one that matters in this one. I don't think Virginia Tech are going to be able to keep up in a shootout. And I think West Virginia maybe have got that in their kit bag more so than the Hokies at home. I'm probably leaning West Virginia, but I don't have a great read on this one. You're kind of more all over the Big 12 than I am. So what are your thoughts on the Mountaineers? Yeah, look, West Virginia are more of a defensive team than a shootout one. Their their defense has been strong to start the year, was the best in the Big 12 last year. So I expect to see more of that. Sorry, um, I just assume West Virginia going to be playing. I, I know, right? I, I do the same with Oklahoma State. It's fucking rocks here, but <laughs> we'll get there. Uh, but Morgantown, one of the harder environments to play in. Those guys are crazy there. And Virginia Tech, here, yeah, they've had a couple of good wins, both at home so far this year. This is their first real road test, and I think it's going to rock them around a bit. So I like West Virginia in this one. I think it'll be tight tussle. I think it's going to be a hell of a game, but uh, I've got West Virginia coming out by a touchdown in this. Okay. Uh, Lastly, Michigan State at Miami in the early slot. I don't know. Like, I just, I, I just hopefully the offense can get in sync. Hopefully the defense can look better than its current 100th in the country ranking. And hopefully the Canes can live up to some sort of potential. I know Michigan State's kind of all the rage at the moment. Like, everyone's talking Michigan State, Michigan State. They're the up-and-coming program. They didn't get a great start last year under COVID. Their coach came in late. Rah, rah, rah. They've got weapons at all the skill position players. Kenneth Walker is really, really good at the running back position. I think he's going to do a number on the Canes this week. Um, Miami's linebacker group is really, really poor. The D-line is struggling. And Manny Diaz, as the head coach and defensive coach, is not making up for that. Um, they're putting their players in a lot of disadvantageous positions, delayed blitzes, deliberate lack of gap integrity, which I've spoken about before on the pod. Um, just means that this defense is inconsistent. They're struggling to get home. Now, I did go back and watch the App State game. I know I probably shouldn't have done that to myself, but Miami actually controlled that game a lot. Like They had eight drives that got inside the App State 40 and they scored 25 points they were moving the ball from their end into scoring position but then dump penalties drop balls just the the usc issues that you see with that got clay helton fired miami is showing a lot of signs of that so um but if they can clean that up if the o-line can hold up better if they can get a little bit more out of the run game if wide receivers catch the ball you know, I think there's no reason Miami shouldn't win this game going away, but that's not the way it's going to play out. And uh, yeah, I think this one's going to be tight to the finish. Ooh, okay. Sounds like you're off your boys a bit there. Uh, I I, I want to buy into Michigan State. I want to believe in this program and what we've got there, but I'm not willing to write Miami off yet. Yes, the the first two weeks have had their disappointments and they've been a bit off, but I think the juice is still there, that they could absolutely flick a switch and just jet away with this one. I I think they still have it in them, and, and I think we could still see it. So I'm not willing to kind of write that off yet. And I think most people acknowledge that. Like at some point, you're going to have to you either see it or maybe it doesn't exist. I think it's still there. I think this week they might surprise a few and uh, kick into it. I'm, I'm not willing to put money on this game either way. Mm. But uh, I, I, I hope for your sake that they kind of click into gear and for their sake to, to liven it up in the ACC that they can really get going. If not, then yeah, this Michigan State team perhaps has got some real credibility about them. 
Yeah, and I think uh, we saw Miami get off to a slow start offensively last year, uh, just in terms of their ability to particularly throw the ball deep. And I know at the moment the Canes are ranking, like, or Derek King is ranking like in the hundreds in terms of his yards per pass down the field. So he's not throwing the ball deep or they're not hitting it consistently. So, you know, that is something that needs to change and hopefully that can that can click as it did last year. Uh, Minnesota head to Colorado, number 12, Notre Dame get a visit from an undefeated Purdue team in the early slot as well. Anything on those, Will? That Minnesota-Colorado game's a, a sneaky banging game. Like, that could be really <laughs> cool. Uh, yeah. Like, Minnesota a good team. I could see things getting weird. Yeah, definitely. I think Minnesota took a hit with Mo Ibrahim uh, going down for the year. So so he's out. They've got a second string in now who's also going to be productive. But I think that really hurts them because he's an absolute player. I'm not a huge believer in Tanner Morgan at the quarterback position there. So Colorado have shown that they're going to be a problem for teams this year. And uh, that could certainly play out in Boulder, I'm assuming. Uh, correct, yes. Uh, in the 5 a.m. slot, or 5 a.m. Central here in Australia, Clemson get Georgia Tech, Ohio State host Tosa, Tulsa, USC go to Washington State. How do the Trojans respond in that one? Is this like the old AFL adage whereby you fire your coach, the team has a weight go off their shoulders, they feel refreshed, they feel energized, they just play fast and loose and they just go and trash a team. Is that what happens here with USC? I'm not sure that is what happens here. I think we see like I, I think we see a lot of what we've seen previously with USC. Like I think they win, but I think it's closer than it should be. I think they still have the talent there, but I don't think there's a mag- magic fix due to Clay Helton that they it all of a sudden falls into place for them. Uh, so f- for mine, they win, but it's still littered with frustrating mistakes and penalties and stuff that shouldn't be happening. Gun to your head. I think it's sitting at USC at 10-point favorites, 12-point favorites. Who are you uh, taking? I'll take the USC and the points. Yeah, okay. There you go. Don't know why you... like. Interesting turn of phrase, like gun, like as if someone's got a gun to your head and you're going to... It's like, all right, I'm going to blow your brains out unless you pick this game. Interesting. Anyway, Mississippi State at Memphis. Northwestern at Duke is also in this time slot. If you're really, really, really desperate, if you are really desperate, you can watch that one, but I probably wouldn't bother. Um, any worry for Mississippi State on the road against Memphis? Dead set there's a worry there. Memphis, this Memphis team's looking good this year. There's a mm. program that's been doing all right. And yes, I was all in on Mississippi State last week and they got a good, a really good win against NC State. But I'm flipping um, reverse course on that. I think now that they're going on the road up to Memphis, that wonderful stadium that we visited uh, d- during <laughs> our time up there. In the of the night. <laughs> in the, when we're sneaking through the gates and having yeah, our way yeah. around there. I think Memphis are the goods in this one. They're going to provide a bit of an upset. All right, the sweet spot, or I like to call it sweet spot, because that eight thirty Sunday morning, which is really really nice when you're old, like that's a sleep in, and you know you just get to enjoy that game. But Utah at San Diego State, Virginia at North Carolina, I think would be interesting. And Ole Miss hosts Tulane. If you like a heap of points, there's probably going to be that in that particular matchup. Um, any thoughts? on or big concerns or big deep feelings on that ACC matchup or any of those matchups actually? Uh, well, the Tulane Ole Miss one's going to have some slinging. Like those those two quarterbacks love chucking the rock around the yard. So that's almost worth uh, dialing in for just to, just to watch a bit of it, watch a quarter of it and, and see that free and open quarterback play. 
this could yeah, fun. don't pick the first quarter because it'll be like scoreless at mm. quarter time break. So maybe go go quarter number three or something. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think Virginia at North Carolina is an interesting one as well to see where both of those two teams are legitimately at. I guess that was lean, that's leaning into uh, what I was saying at the top of the show where you get to know where teams are at after three weeks. North Carolina have taken that loss early in the season. Virginia have been sort of suggesting that they are frisky around the mark. This kind of decides that, I suppose, for that ACC Coastal. In the late games, we get to talk about it finally. Oklahoma State travel to Boise State. Now, these are two teams in the SP Plus rankings. If you don't know what they are, look them up. Uh, But 38th and 39th, respectively. So they actually couldn't be too much closer. Makes me lean the home team in this one. But how do the Cowboys tame these Broncos? I I think... Yeah. (laughs) Nailed it. Okay, so you're a dad now. Previously, <laughs> you would have been disgusted with yourself, but now look at you giggling uh, away. You, you got think a long that's joke in. I'm getting a Cowboys Broncos joke. It I is good well. gear. It is really good gear. <laughs> um, look, Oklahoma State's defense has been okay. They just need to get something going offensively, and we're going to find out whether they can. Last year, it went on all year, and and they weren't able to do it, and that was why it was a somewhat disappointing season where they stayed above 500 but weren't able to assert themselves in games offensively uh, and and got found out. I think this week we're going to find out whether any adjustments have been made, whether there is progression there, whether Spencer Sanders can step up and and get something going, or if it's going to be a a rinse and repeat to last year where it's a pretty good defense and the offense is really not doing enough for it to be considered a threat in the Big 12. Fresno State and UCLA, I will be keeping a very, very close eye on this one. Fresno State's won the last three against the Bruins, including the one uh, with Chip Kelly at the helm as well. Jake Hayner, former Washington quarterback commit, I believe, um, because Washington only have Jakes, I believe. But anyway. Um, plumber. Yeah. He was really, really good for Fresno. Um, but it just feels a little bit like one of those years for UCLA. They might be a little bit of the Cinderella story this year. Um, they're ranked inside the top 20. I think points are g- going to be on offer here again. Could be another really, really entertaining one. Zach Charbonnet is the man for the Bruins in the run game. And I think he's probably the difference in this one. Pac-12 after dark. I mean, you took the words out of my mouth. Zach Charbonneau, I've been banging on about him all year. You just got to watch him play and and Mm. you'll see why. He is electric. Uh, Your boy DTR seems to have been progressing nicely there too. So I'm really excited to see this UCLA program in this Pac-12 after dark game because it's like after lunch for us. I'll be able to do my thing in the morning, sleep in, get back up. Actually, who knows what will happen, but this will be on my TV at around midday and I'm going to enjoy uh, your powder blues. Hopefully continue this positive run. Yeah, and I think Fresno State's a good team for an... uh a group of five team, but they're not a great team. And they've, they've probably fired their shot for the year against Oregon. And I, I, you're not getting two of those against two ranked teams in three weeks, generally speaking, um, unless you're really, really excellent. Um, so I think you, UCLA probably handled this one okay. That takes us through the majority of the games. Are there any that we've missed? If we haven't spoken about anyone, generally because in this early stages they're playing FCS teams, uh, so we tend not to hit them because I don't know heaps about Furman or Samford football or... Jacksonville uh, State. Jackson. <laughs> I know a little bit more about Jacksonville State now. Um, 
yeah, I, I can't tell you a whole heap about them. So we don't hit them and that's it, usually pretty one-sided. Usually, not always, obviously. Uh, any other games that I've missed in the group of five or power five that you would like to touch on? Do we consider South Carolina to be an FCS program now coming up against Georgia? Because they've got a line that is big enough to be as if they're playing an FCS program. I would take South Carolina. I'd Give me the points in that one. Yeah, because you don't think Georgia can score, so that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they can score. What is it, 30? Yeah. Is it that big? Yeah, it's about that, yeah. Where is it? Is it in Athens? Uh, I believe so, yes. I still don't think they're putting up 30 points. <laughs> like That means they've got to score at least 30. Stetson, <laughs> and Bennett. I don't think that's Stetson Bennett, baby. Yeah, Stetson Bennett is in the game, so... Uh, JT Daniels cannot stay healthy. All right, let's get to our championship draft. I, I mean, we're getting to the fun parts of the show now. So um, championship drafts, talk us through where are we at? I know that my Utah Utes who I paid money for are now out of the top 25. So, oof, woof. Yes. Now, I like that you refer to this as the fun part of the show where we start to get into the gambling and all this stuff. It I'm never, enjoying it. it, it uh, was not I'm always the man. case. Yeah. I'm a change man. I'm so, like I'm slowly putting on a bit more weight. Um, I've been as I like go shoe shopping. I'm just sliding past the white New Balance, and I'm yeah, like, you are. just uh, grabbing my attention there. Nice one. That's um, That's and it. you know, I, I like lawn now. It's these are all things. Maybe get a, a pizza oven in the backyard there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Definitely thinking about that now, aren't you? Exactly. All right, so but I can make it myself, obviously. I can make it myself. Over a 12-month period. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, championship graft. So a bit of an update on where we're at. Uh, you have Alabama, Arizona State, Utah, and TCU. So Alabama still sitting pretty looking good at the top there. Arizona State have been looking good for you. So you bought them for a dollar at the start of the year. They've now rocketed themselves up to a value of uh, $7. So nice, good work. Uh, Utah you bought for a couple of bucks and they've now dropped out. So that hurts a little bit. You picked up TCU last week. They were free. They won, but they probably weren't convincing enough to jump in. So they're kind of first ones out around about that range, I think, at the moment. But still opportunity to make you some cash. Uh, on my side, I have Oklahoma State, who were just on the outside and just like going backwards whilst winning, <laughs> which is hard to do. Um, but I think with a convincing win this week, they can shoot themselves back into the top 20 or into the top 25. Uh, if not, then it could be a, a bad buy. Uh, Coastal Carolina have been the big ones for me. So I bought them for four bucks at the start of the year. They're now worth $10 uh, and, and cruising. So it's a nice $6 profit there. Oklahoma I bought for 24 and now down to 23 So I've dropped the buck up a dollar from last week though, which is good. LSU with a team that I grabbed last week. And yeah, well, I mean, I still think they have an opportunity to be ranked. Uh, yeah. and, and that's kind of what it's all about. So they're not yet, but that's where we're at. My total sum total is uh, $35. Uh, just just inched ahead of you, I'm uh, sitting at 34 bucks. But you have the first selection this week, my friend. Now, a uh, couple of things on this. Whilst it, it is beneficial to look at how much money we make on these teams, which is kind of what you want so you can buy up, I assume. Like we haven't, I haven't min-maxed this thing to see what the best strategy is here. Uh, but it is your total sum at the end of the year. So whilst making money helps, it's not necessarily just about that. It's about 
where you can get teams. Anyway, I am going to keep Arizona State. I did think about unloading them this week against BYU, but that shows you that I believe they're going to win this game. So let's keep Arizona State. I'm not going to spend any money, but I'm going to take UCF. I think they beat Louisville. They only need someone to lose in the top probably 18 if they win convincingly on the road. Um, they've got a chance to shoot in. So give me UCF. Nice one. I had them as the second team that I would have taken. How have you taken my first option? Uh, because I think they're, uh, you're right, they're going to win this week. I think they'll win the next few weeks uh, and they'll certainly make themselves up into that ranked area. For me, it's Liberty. I'm going to grab I nearly, I nearly took Liberty, but I looked at their schedule and there's nothing until the end of the year. And yeah. I think like that, which I'm good with. I think they just keep chipping away. I don't see them losing, and I think yeah. that they can easily climb up into the late teens. Exactly default. right. Default. Just keep winning. Default. Just keep winning. Yeah. I, I I don't see anyone in that range outside the top 25 getting anywhere near the national championship, and that's essentially what we need to do. So I need someone who's going to kind of make some money that I can sell to maybe buy one of those programs. So it is liberty for me. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I like this one. We'll keep building our rosters. Let us move on. The best sound drop that we have. Uh, this is the Vault Studio Sure Thing. Uh, okay, let's get into it. Uh, let's start. We had a shocking week last week for the start of for the start so we need to make sure that we sort our shit out because at the moment what are we striking at what have we gone four for 12 yeah it's not good Oof. it's not good that and not good. last week if you remember i decided that i was going to um take these and and kind of rival them in my own bets on the punt so i would bet them both and, and we'd see who would come <laughs> out on top so whilst i'm making money myself on the punt so far this is certainly not helping the balance all right, let's get into it. So um, Lewis is taking Penn State at minus 6.5. That's blown out a bit. That was about minus 4.5 um, earlier in the week. So um, maybe the Sharps have got on that one a fraction. Corey taking NIU against Michigan at plus 26.5. I love that bet. I think that's great money. Um, I might give that one a little bit later. Richie, minus 7.5. Maryland. Uh, taking on Illinois. Is that one on the road? Yes, it is. They are, they are on the road. On the road, which is makes me a little bit nervous. JA, a bit of big fan of the service academies. He's going Air Force at minus eight and a half. Will, you're taking ASU to cover against BYU. And I am taking the UNLV Rebels to keep it within 30 and a half points at home against Iowa State. That's a lot of points. It is a lot of points. And I'm not sure, like I don't know if Iowa State have put up that many points combined this year, so maybe it's, <laughs> exactly. it's not a bad one, but it is a lot of points. Yeah, I, the more again, the more I look at this betting stuff, betting on bad teams at home is never a bad shout. And you've just come off the Cyhawk Trophy. Um, you know, they're going to be a bit flat. They've got to travel. Um, Las Vegas, how far is it from Ames, Iowa to Las Vegas? Is that a long trip? I wouldn't want to short. be on the Greyhound. I would not want to be on the Greyhound. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I think UNLV, UNLV can keep that within 31 points. That's all I need them to do. Uh, okay, let's get busy then as we head to the the, the, the place where we actually potentially win some money, which is a nice change. Here comes the money. Money, 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 money. 
All right, let's go big balls. Let's have it. D- damn straight. We're going for three weeks in a row here. We're going. We're in unprecedented uh, times, uncharted waters, one might say. Two winning weeks to kick off the season. We're cruising ahead, ahead something like plus 245 units or something nuts, which is just fantastic. And I want to continue to bring the winners to you guys because you have stuck with me. I would, have, I would bail at this point. I would If you've gone with him so far, now's not a bad time to jump off the ship. This or, is like investing in like Ansett Australia Airlines. That's where you'd be at right now. So just bail hard. I'm not sure it is. I feel like I've just been like kind of perfecting my craft to this moment. Everything, every dollar I've lost to this point has led me to this moment where I am on the cusp of something special this year. So stick with me uh, and we'll see where we can lead this. So sticking with the Super Yankee, it, it's proving to be fantastic. I've got five <laughs> picks again this week that I'm really excited about. Uh, the first one, I'm taking West Virginia at home against Virginia Tech, the minus two and a half. I'm taking that. I like it. Uh, Morgantown's difficult place to play. I think Virginia Tech are getting bumped up a little bit uh, for that win over North Carolina. Yes, it was good, but I, I felt that was all around the home crowd and the atmosphere that did most of the heavy lifting there. So I, I like West Virginia here. Uh, next up, I'm taking Kansas State. This is a bit Big 12 heavy. Uh, Kansas State at home to beat Nevada as an underdog. They are my number two on the list for picks for me. So well done. Yes, uh, I like that one. Big tick from me. So I'm taking them straight up at two bucks. So you, so you get nice, nice little odds there at home. Uh, and, and Kansas State have been pretty good. So uh, I think they deserve a little bit of respect there. I think people are buying into Nevada and Carson Strong. He is a good player. He's going to be a fantastic pro prospect, I think. But uh, I just don't think they stack up all that well across the field with this Kansas State unit. So I like that one there. Um, next one, I'm, I'm taking a page out of your book. I'm taking a really bad team at home as a massive underdog. Uh, UMass, one of the worst teams in college football. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm getting 21 and a half points. So not, not heaps considering it's UMass, but they're playing Eastern Michigan, who are not very fun good. So I'll take... <laughs> I'll take UMass plus 21 and a half. They'll keep it within three touchdowns, surely. I mean, the the reason I don't like going with this bet is because when you watch it, it is fucking frustrating. Because when you are betting on a bad team and it's not going well, you're just like, what have I done? Why did I invest in a team that struggles to throw the ball forward? But I feel good about this one. So the Minutemen, uh, I'm, I'm all in on. Uh, another one, like... I'm taking OSU minus 24 and a half against Tulsa. Tulsa obviously ran it real close with the real OSU last week. Uh, but now that they've got to follow that up on the road against a team that I think is just going to put up heaps of points. Like I, I think we could see 60 points from Ohio State this week. Uh, and in light of that, I don't think Tulsa is scoring 35. So um, Tulsa's defense is okay. It is. Selling them a bit short. It, it is, but I, I have that much faith in Ohio State's offense uh, and where they're going to be at home that they're just going to blow this one up big time. Um, and finally, I kind of mentioned it. This is my big upset of the week. So last week I hit on Vandy. This one is Memphis at home, uh, $2.38. Uh, underdog so you get $2.38 at home against Mississippi State I I think the Tigers are are primed for a big SEC scalp here 
Right, fair enough. I like that. Um, now, most of my picks have, we've actually seen or heard from, whether it was the Vault Studios or yourself there, Will. So I had NIU against Michigan to cover Kansas State at home to cover Penn State. Now, I saw them at four and a half. I like them at four and a half, six and a half. I'd probably take them at that as well. But hopefully you can squeeze something a little bit better than the six and a half. So um, I had them at minus four and a half. Again, this gives me an out that if they don't hit the six and a half. Yeah, I'll take Penn State. I'll take Penn State at minus the points. I'm taking Alabama. Now, I don't normally bet on Bama. I don't normally bet on the big showcase game of the week. They're a road favorite of just over two touchdowns. Um, but they're at 14 and a half at the moment. I'm taking them in that. I've seen Saban get real narky about the fact they didn't score 300 points against Mercer, that he would have flogged them on the track this week, and they are going to hammer a very, very average Florida outfit. I'm taking Oklahoma at minus 22 against Nebraska. I think they trash them. Um, and then I've got my UNLV pick over iowa state as well so um yeah a lot of similar stuff we're seeing this week which i don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing uh, but we're starting to get on the same page here so we'll see how that goes i was thinking about taking michigan state at plus seven and a half but i am deleting that right now good all right so that is one two three four five six from me this week six from me and five from you there you go surely there's some winners in that there Surely. I've got to hit four. Is that what we're going to do now? We're just going to throw like 12 picks to our listeners each week and go like six of them are probably going to win. You, you fucking <laughs> the right six. Yeah, fair enough. All right. Uh, this is still a shit segment, but here we go. Okay. Uh, this is still a crap shoot. Uh, literally. Uh, you can go first. I don't really give a Excellent. I'm, I'm staying in the big 12. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Well, because we're going to get some drama, right? And it is going to be the Kansas Jayhawks. Big upset at oh. home against Baylor. I, I, I like the shot here. I, I think they're playing I think they're playing decent football at the moment. Baylor, I, I'm still a bit off it. Uh, they've started with two wins, but they've played garbage teams. Uh, and, and I give Kansas a puncher's chance in this one. I don't give any of the teams I pick here, but I've got a strategy now. So my strategy is I think that you've got to go a shootout. And I think you go shootout and hope things get weird. Uh, you know, you often get lots and lots of points and games are pretty, pretty close. So uh, I would look at, you know, a, a shootout. I don't think you want to pick against good defenses because they ten, generally tend to be more consistent from week to week. Um, and I also want to pick home dogs. Like, I think that's the way to go. But they're a little hard to come by in the season because there's so many matchups that have huge talent differentials with the F FCS and all that. Having said all of those things, I'm going to go against that. And I'm taking Kent State over Iowa. <laughs> so <laughs> I've got a good defense. I've got a team on the road and it's probably not going to be a shootout. But Kent State's offense with Crum at the... Uh, Victor Crum? Not Victor Crum. Um, at the quarterback position. They've been putting up points through the air. Iowa coming off, it wasn't a hugely emotional win against Iowa State, but that would have been their big build-up. So there's a let-down spot here available. And if Kent State can jump out the blocks, um, maybe they can scratch a win. But yeah, that's where I'm going. Yeah, look, don't hate it. Everyone's red hot on Iowa at the moment. They have been really good. So maybe maybe there is a let-down here and yeah, something can happen. It's not terrible. So. I don't think so. But anyway... <laughs> All right. Have I have we covered everything? Have we hit everything we need to hit? I think that's it, my man. 
All right, that is a, another big preview episode for us here at College Football Down Under. Uh, enjoy your week three of College Football. Hopefully, I can get a little bit more in this week, but of course, um, dad duties take precedence. Having said that, I'm setting up the TV in this little office here there because we're actually taking the TV out of the lounge room. I'm not watching as much TV, so we're actually going to do it. I don't hate it, actually. I, I don't, I don't, yeah. I'm okay with that. I'm okay right, just mate. hiding away in a cave. Hiding away in a cave. Anyway. No, I mean, that's, that's exciting. I've, I've got my brother's buck show this weekend. Yeah, so that's, that starts early Friday morning. I've got the day off. We're taking a bus and just, yeah, it's a bit of a shit show from there. So we'll see how it goes. I'm hoping to be on my best behavior Saturday evening onwards and mm-hmm. then I'll be cherry ripe. But I've had these hopes before. Yeah, like weekly. <laughs> and they continue to disappoint. All right. On behalf of that guy over there, thank you again for joining us. Please do hit us up at CFB Down Under, uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. My name is Aaron. That is Will. And we will see you next time. Last time. (laughs) It's not going to be the last time, dude.